What's going on, Suns fans? Justin here, and with me as always is my podcasting partner, Paul. Whoa, I know Kung Fu. And we are here with the latest episode of Bright Side of the Suns for the fans, by the fans podcast. Uh, We're coming off of a win by the Suns last night against the Russell Westbrook-led Oklahoma City Thunder, which broke the 13-game losing streak that the Suns had. I feel like a few weeks ago we were talking about how the Suns won three in a row, and then suddenly that turned very quickly into a 13-game losing streak. But it was a fun game to watch, and there was much said about, well, Russell Westbrook and his chase down of history. Um, He needed six assists last night in order to average a triple-double on the season. Uh, being the first person since Oscar Robertson to do so. And he also needed a triple-double last night to break Oscar Robertson's, I don't know, 50-year record, something like that, uh, for most triple-doubles this season, which would have given him 42. He did not get the second one. And and that's where a lot of comments, a lot of backlash, a lot of thoughts have come out in the past couple of days uh, because of the fact that the Suns actively tried to stop him from getting that record. Some people hated it. Some people loved it. Paul, what do you think? Um, I'm glad the Suns were actively trying to stop him um, to break that record. I think it's, it was the right move from Watson and the team's part. I mean, there. why do you want to be on the bad side of history, I guess you could say? Mm-hmm. I mean, why do you want to end up being a trivia question of, you know, down the line? But at the same time, it was... It was it was just kind of interesting to watch the game unfold from that standpoint to um, see how they did that. I mean, it was a little easier, I would say, for them to be able to prevent uh, Westbrook from getting his triple-double versus, I guess you could say, Boston uh, trying to defend Booker when he went for a 70 a couple weeks ago just because there there's more options to deny – his ability to get one of he needs three he needs three things to happen and you have more options to be able to deny him getting one of those whereas when Booker was scoring obviously they just couldn't shut him down because he was on fire and if they fouled him that just meant he was just shooting free shots right exactly well they could have they could have you know sent in a hitman to take him take him out I guess theoretically they brought Robert Oridim Robert Oridim oh why you got to oh. Now, see, now I'm, now I'm going to be in a bad mood the rest of this podcast. Thank you, Paul. You're welcome. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of split on the whole thing. Um, I, I was listening to Gambo and Ash. Gambo and Ash. I keep saying Gambo and Ash. It hasn't been Gambo and Ash <laughs> in like six Ash. years. I like Burns, but I, 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 I think Ash that. sells insurance now, and like I mean that. I think we had this conversation. I feel like we have too. <laughs> At any rate. I was listening to Campo and Burns, and, and they were saying, hey, let it happen here. Let let it happen uh, in Phoenix. Why not? It'll be exciting for the fans to see. And I get that perspective because – and I think we've had this conversation before too. I, we, we've we've been at games together where history's happened. We saw a no-hitter in San Diego when we were back in college uh, against, in against the Padres. Uh, and, and that was exciting to see even though it was against the home team. So I get that perspective, but then, you know, as the game wore on and as the Suns kind of started actively trying to stop Westbrook from getting that triple double, you know, it kind of started leaning the other way. They were doing it from the beginning. Okay. Well, as the Suns actively attempted to stop 
successfully attempted to stop Westbrook from getting that triple-double, you know, I started seeing the perspective of the players, frankly, because, okay, as as fans, hey, many fans out there would think, hey, it would be cool to see that. But the players in particular obviously don't want that to happen against them, and I think that's a good sign of where this team stands as far as camaraderie, union within the locker room, things like that, because they all (laughs) got together for this singular objective and accomplished it by hook or by crook, keeping Westbrook from getting those, uh, (laughs) those, those assists. And and I particularly enjoyed Dudley uh, because he, he, he absolutely had no qualms about it. He's like, yeah, I'm going to grab him. I'm going to foul him. I don't want that (laughs) happening here. You know what? Good for him. I I just love it when they would give him wide open shots and just blanket everybody else. It's like, here, take this wide open mid-range shot that you can knock down in your sleep, but you don't want to shoot because you need assists. (laughs) We're just not going to let you get near any other guys. Well, and, and what I thought was interesting, too, is the fact that, I mean, in watching the game, it seemed like Westbrook was pressing for pretty much the entire game in an attempt to make sure he got that triple double. He, he's, he's, you know, like you said, passing of open shots and understand he was having an off shooting night, but still passing of open shots that I would think that he probably still wouldn't pass up in any other situation. Um, but the dude averaged like 40, 14 and 14 against the Suns in every other game this year. Yeah. You would think that if he just let the game play out, that he probably would have gotten those assists. Well, Notwithstanding the fact that the Suns were actively trying to stop it, but uh, but you know I don't think pressing to get a record, which he denied doing, which is just ludicrous. Um, well, actually, he didn't. Like no, he said, act- he said he doesn't. He said in an interview after he that he's not trying to get stats. He's not out there trying to get stats. He's just playing his game. Well, they, well, they did ask him about like looking for assists, and he was like, "Why wouldn't I? I was shooting six for twenty, whatever." No, it's different than chasing stats. That's that was his excuse for chasing stats. Yes. Is what that was. I th- I took that as just like a kind of roundabout way of admitting he was chasing stats. I don't think that's a roundabout way of admitting anything. <laughs> I maybe 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 you have a different outlook on it, but I see that as making an excuse as to why he wasn't chasing stats. But potato, potato, tomato, tomato, whatever. Right. Um, I also thought it was interesting. Uh, Thunder's coach. Billy Donovan, is that yeah. right? <laughs> Saying in uh, in his post game that he didn't leave Westbrook in there hoping that he would get the record. Yeah, They're down twenty. Cool. He's like, I've seen I've seen crazier things happen in games. And he goes he goes on and says, yeah, I thought about taking him out about four minutes left, but I said we've had some big comebacks before. Maybe we'll have a chance here. And then at like two thirty, I thought about it again. But I still – it's like you just just say no and just move on, bro, because <laughs> you're just digging yourself a hole. And I don't get why they don't just admit it. I mean the Suns with, with Booker, the Suns had absolutely no qualms admitting that they were trying to get him that 70 points. I, th- I think the difference is that as a team, the Thunder have arguably bigger aspirations than Russell Westbrook – getting an individual record for the season because they are going to be a playoff team. They are going to be competing in the next level. They are a winning team, whereas the Suns are an abject failure as a successful team this year. And Failure as a success. Well, sorry. Go yeah. On. <laughs> 
and they needed something to galvanize themselves around, which was the, we're going to help this one player achieve an individual success, which is what they did with Booker. So, and they freely admitted that because they said in those interviews, like, we didn't have much else going for us this season. Whereas Oklahoma City does. They are a playoff team. They are apparently going to be playing Houston, which will be an interesting series. Boy, Harden versus Westbrook. With neither of them finding out if one of them is going to be the MVP. Two, pe- two people I just don't like, frankly. But at any rate. Um, well, it's not so much the okay. They're 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 not admitting it, and they have other you know higher objectives, greater goals, whatever. That's fine. But they're also just blatantly lying through their teeth, and everyone knows that they're lying through their teeth. I just think it's silly. I, I just don't get the point. Welcome to the current state of America. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, <laughs> fair enough. I guess I, it's. It's all. It's all. It's, <laughs> it's all fake news from here. It's all fake news from here. Okay. Well, at any rate, so with the Suns trying to, not trying, but successfully stopping Westbrook from getting that forty-second triple double, and with the Suns actively trying to get Bledsoe. Excuse me. I love Eric Bledsoe. Have I said that yet? <laughs> um, Booker, the, those seventy points uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, and the the backlash, the reactions that it's caused across the NBA, is it fair to say the Suns are kind of a villainous team right now? They are they are turning a little bit of a heel, taking a little heel turn um, this season. That I'll be interested to see how that goes forward, especially when they start winning and being able to kind of like rub that in teams' faces a little bit more. Um, it's it's nice to have a, a heel team in the NBA. And it'll be really interesting to be rooting for the heel team. I don't think we've ever... The Suns have always been kind of like the nice guy team. Right. Even when they had Barkley. They still had KJ, and they still had Chambers, and and they still had Marley, and they still had... Well, not Hornacek, but you know. Not Hornacek, but... um, And really, the back then, the Bulls, because they had been so successful, they were kind of had kind of become a bit of a heel to the league just because everybody was like, okay, we need somebody else. Mm-hmm. Even though everybody respected Jordan's talent, there there was – Warriors are going through it now where they've kind of had a bit of a heel turn a little bit just because of their success and the, their showboating and whatnot. I feel like the Warriors, though, it's not so much their success. I think a lot of it comes from the whole Kevin Durant thing. No, they were getting it before. They, they got it last year when um, – they start, it started last year with Steph Curry pulling up from like 35 feet out and just – Make they, it, making it, making it, <laughs> yeah. Like, kind of like rubbing in people's faces. <laughs> well, those people that give gave them heat for that last year are all wrong. I disagree. But um, so you like the fact that the Suns are kind of this heel team. I love it, and I think it's only going to get well, worse or better, however you want to classify. They're only be, going to become more of a heel team because I don't think this is going to the the the, the attitude that they have, the chip that they seem to all have on their shoulders is going to change it all moving forward, especially when you look at guys like Devin Booker, who I've compared, not not playing style necessarily, I guess maybe I have, but as far as his attitude goes to just kind of having that I'm better than everybody else type of Kobe mentality, um, especially when the whole, uh, who is that player that 
uh, Crowder? No, uh, when he was like, who is this guy? He's been on four teams oh, in three the, years oh, or whatever the dude it is. on the Grizzlies, wasn't yeah. it? Um, it, 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 I don't even know who he is. So Devin Booker is obviously right, but still, point being that he, you know, that reminded me a lot of Kobe's reaction um, when the whole Raja Bell clothesline incident happened. Uh, and then you've got Marquise Chris, who's already shown that he has a propensity to get right up in somebody's face. And I think that's only going to grow more and more as he gets, well, more more entrenched in the league and gets stronger. They've uh, rubbed off on Jared Dudley. I mean, right? Yeah, he, he ran. 50 feet and headbutted to do that was uh, that was awesome too <laughs> it i loved great. it that was outstanding so um yeah no i don't think that's going to change at all and and i like it i like it too because i think it'll be fun to cheer for that team that everybody hates especially when as we all expect they're going to start winning um otherwise they're just going to be that annoying team that's not good and yeah they could be your little brother right exactly exactly so um but continuing on with this whole westbrook thing paul you had mentioned before we started recording uh, a dichotomy you saw in the sun's uh way of addressing well, or way of acting when it came to the whole boston situation booker 70 and the way it came down with uh westbrook's triple double here in phoenix would you like to expound on that is that still something you'd like to discuss it is, is it, it still was, on your mind it's my still friend? on my mind yeah okay. there is uh basically it was I noticed, because everybody made a big deal about it, uh, Tyson Chandler posted it on social media about how Booker turned the garden and the fan, Boston's fans stopped cheering for Boston and were cheering for Devin Booker. They were cheering for the opponent. And I think that was like something that rather annoyed and angered the Boston players. I think that was part of the reason, part one of the factors that had them so angry with their post-game reactions to the situation. I saw the a very similar thing happen um, last night when Russell Westbrook was getting close to that triple-double in you're watching the fans cheer for the opposing team. And not that they don't have the right to do it, I found it interesting how the Suns players were getting angry a little bit about about that fact when they benefited from it two weeks ago. I mean, I understand it's kind of just how it rolls, but then the Suns were pushing back at Boston for getting angry because the crowd turned, and then they got angry because their crowd turned. And they were winning. Again, in both situations, the other team was winning. The team whose crowd turned was the winning team. Mm-hmm. So it was just it was just a weird just kind of a weird dichotomy to me when I watching those things so close together in time. Well, was was Boston upset about the crowd turning or was Boston upset about the fact that the Suns were intentionally fouling with less than a minute left so they could try to get Booker more points? I th- I I would say the latter. I Pretty sure when your own crowd is cheering for the guys who are playing against you, there's probably a factor. But do you think that if the Suns didn't intentionally foul that it would have gone to the point of, you know, guys getting each other's faces like it did. I, I, I don't think so, but um, they probably wouldn't have been happy about it. Uh, but at the same time, I, I don't blame either team for being unhappy about it. Like, I don't think that you can really look at the Suns in any sort of negative light because they were happy about the Boston crowd turning in Booker's favor and they were unhappy about the Phoenix crowd 
turning in Westbrook's favor. I mean, I think it's just a matter of human nature as an athlete, not wanting the crowd that's supposed to be your home crowd cheering for somebody to succeed against you. And I totally get that. I, I, I would think it would be weird if the Suns were like, oh, that's cool that the Suns fans were cheering for Russell no, I, Westbrook. I'm, I'm not saying they should think it's cool, but I, it just seemed odd to me that nobody acknowledged the dichotomy of the situation in that they benefited from that situation and now they're experiencing the other side of that coin. And just, just acknowledging that happened. In the, in well, the, you've acknowledged that it happened now, so we've got. I that. have acknowledged. Well done, I'm proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. I've grown. Sorry, in I didn't mean to interject. Go on. <laughs> no, I, I think I think we're done. The only other thing I wanted to mention was, I think it set a fire under Booker, Booker though, because he was on fire that fourth quarter. Yeah, and I, I I didn't I didn't see this, and maybe they showed it on TV, maybe they didn't. But apparently, he yelled at the crowd at some yeah. point and said, "This is my expletive house." Yeah, I love that. <laughs> In fact, I might go to one of the I might go to the Dallas game and cheer for Dallas just to see if we can like continue that that fire under Booker because that's awesome, and and that's that's what you need out of a guy that you're expecting to lead the franchise to. Not just the next level, but you know, multiple levels above that because the next level for the Suns, I mean, isn't really that high. It's like what winning twenty seven games next year. I don't know, but I'd like to see him in the no, 30s. they'll win. I, they'll win more. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you go level by level, like baby steps type thing, there's a lot of steps to where we want the Suns there's to be. So to this. they there are in my head. I just made it up right now. I'll map it out for you okay. later. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, no, I I I I, I like to see. Booker fired up um, because it gives them that, you know, it gives them that there's a difference between Devin Booker, just, well, I'll say it like this. There's a difference between Devin Booker in December and Devin Booker now. Yeah. I think there is. And it's Devin Booker just chucking up shots because he feels like he needs to be the leader on the team. And it's now become Devin Booker who is turning into a leader in a team who's confident in himself who's over this mental block i knock on wood sorry casey i just scared paul's dog um knock on wood uh that i don't jinx it but he has a different mindset i think and I'd like to point out too he seems to be developing quite nicely as a bit of a playmaker too yeah which is awesome because if he can develop as a playmaker that's obviously going to do nothing but help his ability to be a scorer because there's another threat in his game. It's not, he's just not just a gunner. He's not just, you know, a threat to drive it and score it, to shoot it and score it, but he's also a threat to kick it out. He's a threat to, you know, create, create points for his, his fellow teammates, which I don't think we've seen throughout the course of his short career to the extent that we've seen over the past handful of games or maybe the past month or so. He just seems to be developing a little bit more vision, a little bit more, um, awareness of where his other teammates are and what he can do to get points on the board without being the one to put the ball in the hoop. Yeah, and I I think he's noticed that. His other players on his team have noticed it. Um, to bring it back to Dudley again, he had actually was quoted saying he expects – he's told Booker to his face he expects him to average at least five assists next year, which I think is a reasonable number of assists. I wouldn't be surprised if he averages five assists and like four, close to four, maybe even five rebounds as well. I'd really like to see that number tick up a little bit. I mean, granted, that's that's 
in conjunction with his her, atrocious defense getting closer to uh, closer to league average. I don't expect him to ever be a lockdown defender, but I'd like to see him be a little bit closer to a league average defender. And I know a lot of that is also like a lot of those defensive ratings and things. A lot of that is play, uh, based on the players that are around him and just the Suns as a whole are an awful defensive team. So as the players around him improve and they develop a cohesive unit of defense, I expect to see that improve as well. So that, that'll be something to see in the future. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Keep an eye on that in the future because I mean, we've got a young team that's young, young with a few exceptions. That's, Developing that will continue to develop and the starting lineup in be history. Uh, yes, yes. So, so, so we've None had than seven of the eight teams in the Elite Eight. Is that is that true? Yeah, the only one that was younger, I think, was Purdue. Wow. Wait, really? Yeah. I, I honestly, I had not even, I, I hadn't heard that before. Yeah. That can't be right. That's right. It's by like months. <laughs> I, I that I I you're gonna have to show me evidence of that. I, I just I don't believe that. That can't possibly be right. That's true. Are you, it's not the other way. It's not that they were younger, they were younger than, than one seven of them. Of the teams in the elite eight. Okay, there's no way that's right. The starting lineups, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I understand <laughs> that, but there's no way that, that can't be right. It's right. Okay, I believe you, Paul. I don't believe you at all. <laughs> that can't be right. I'll okay. To, I'll have to find the graph. Yes, please do. Please do. Please do. So, okay. Um, I think we've worn out the Sons or Villains slash Heels. I like the heel reference, by the way. You watching some wrestling lately? That just seems like a... I watched a movie with The Rock in it. <laughs> did, did he reference heel? No. Oh, so it's just something you picked up? Something right. I picked up. I do follow the Iron Sheik on Twitter. Oh, that, that <laughs> Do you really? He's a good follow. I can only imagine because I've heard that guy on Howard Stern a number of times, and he's kind of kind of crazy. I hope he doesn't hear this because I feel like he might actually like come to my house and beat me. But yeah. he probably still could do, even though he's like 70-something years old, I'm assuming. But at any rate, moving past the Iron Sheik and Paul's random heel references or wrestling reference – uh, any other thoughts? Anything else you want to talk about here tonight? Because really, there's not a whole lot going on in the Suns in the Suns Nation right now, outside of you know this whole OKC thing, and obviously we're in this heated battle with uh, the Lakers for. That's what I was going to bring up. Oh, first well, standings. Look at that. Go on. Well, just we we over uh, Suns overtook uh, the Lakers for second in uh, odds. Second best worst record. Yes. Second best worst record slash second best odds to get a top three pick. Mm. <laughs> you have to graph that one out for me yeah. too. Yeah, they're uh, what? They're two games up in the loss column or down. Oh. Well, just every time we say something positive right now, it means that it's more losses. So they're two games up in the loss column on the Lakers right now. Uh, the Suns have Dallas and Sacramento left this season. Excuse me. And then the Lakers have three games left. They have Minnesota, New Orleans, New Orleans, Golden State, New Orleans, I feel like one of and Golden State. Yes. So get toss up, man. I, I, watch, watch the Lakers are going to run the table. Good. Uh, in a negative way for us, or a positive way for us. Positive way for us. 
Then I, it's not going to happen. Let's do that. Hey, I, I feel like I Golden, know, I mean, Golden State should be gold, and Golden State should probably rest some guys that last game. Yeah, it's at home. It's in Golden yeah. State. But I'm, I'm just saying they beat the Spurs when they were actively trying to lose. Like, did you see the te- the lineup that was put out there in the fourth quarter by the Lakers? By the Lakers, no, I didn't. Tyler Ennis. I see. I see the name. Meta World here. Peace. Wait, wait. No, he's still in the NBA. Yeah. Hmm. Man, I would I would have lost. That it, it was a it was a it was a crap fest of a of a, you, of a lineup. Do you think that has anything to do with like, Popovich being like, yeah, no? You think you think you're gonna you think you're gonna do this? You think you're gonna tank? I'm gonna anti tank you. That seems like something Popovich would do, doesn't it? He's like, yeah, we're gonna lose this game. Just let him win. Yeah, they're throwing out this lineup against this. We're gonna let him win. Oh, it's Popovich just mind games with everybody. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, it'll be interesting to see how the last few games here of the season work out. And then lotteries when, Paul? Uh, June? No, the lottery's May. Draft is in June. The lottery's in May sometime. I don't know the exact date. But that's the next date, we, really big date we have to look forward to. Yeah. Be interested to see who the Suns send. wonder if they'll send uh, Booker again. They sent him, what, last year? I think they did. Well, yeah. Because last year was his rookie year, so it's the only year they could have sent him. That's a fair point. <laughs> well, it didn't work out that well, right? It did because, not. So, you know, maybe know. not Booker. Maybe the I don't know what what uh, they'll send Ulysses. You know, he's he's outplayed <laughs> any expectation anybody's I think had they of him. Send him and have him dress like um, a child, like like um, like Dan, uh, Gilbert's Dan Gilbert's son. son. <laughs> yes. Oh my God, that is such a brilliant idea. I love that idea. No, send him and Booker, and they both dress like Dango. No, no, no. Just Paul, stop while you're ahead. No. Just Ulysses. Okay. Just Ulysses. Come on, But man. they go everywhere together. They're like, no each other since they're like eight. Oh, then maybe <laughs> Booker can dress up as Dan Gilbert That's himself. Oh, Booker is Gilbert. I cut you off Ulysses before that. Be My son. apologies. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, that's the next That's the next step that uh, we have to look forward to. Um, and you were saying that if – knock on wood again – your dog didn't freak out that time. That's good. If we were to end up with the same record as the Lakers, then how does that work out, Paul? The total odds are combined for the two teams and then split down the middle. There is no tie break, reverse tiebreakers for the lottery. I feel like there should be. So then you have like an extra level of tanking. So then when you play each other, you you try to lose. I feel like you more. need to like, like put like your best two players on the court play one on one. And then the winning team? The winner team? gets the better odds. Ooh. So then you tank, but then you not tank. Right. Hmm. I would do that against the Lakers in a heartbeat, too. Well, it depends on who's well, I, I still, who's who's injured and quote-unquote shut down, I guess. Is I the, still think they should change the uh, All-Star Weekend to make it more of like an NBA Jam-style tournament. That would be sweet. Kind of like what, like Ice-T, Ice-Q, one of those? I, yeah, Ice-Q. With like, their three-on-three league. The basketball league yeah. or whatever it is. Which I think is going to be on ESPN or something. Yeah, it's going to be on this summer. I'm looking forward to not watching that. I'm, I'm kidding. I'll probably watch it. <laughs> yeah, there's just, not a lot just, not going only, on. Some... Only baseball. Yeah, exactly. And, well. Hey, Diamondbacks, fingers crossed. Just, just don't stop. Just don't jinx anything. That's all I said. Okay. Anyway. I think we've said all that needs to be said tonight. I agree. Okay. Any final thoughts, comments, questions, ideas, reflections, statements from you, Paul? I'm good.
All right. So, as always, you can catch me on Twitter at so says J and Paul. I'm at Dervish of Whirl. Is at Dervish of Whirl. And until next time, which will be after the season's over, maybe I a little wrap right up podcast for the postseason. We'll talk about postseason, but we'll talk about you know what we can do? Player grades. Player grades. I like that. Player grades. We're gonna do that next time. So player grades next podcast. But until then, depending on when you're listening, have a good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I don't feel I need to explain my art to you, Warren. And happy Rex Manning Day, folks. Take care.